Welcome to the Wedding Digest by Wedbooker, the podcast that covers the exciting, challenging, and sometimes stressful aspects of planning a wedding, bringing you inspiration and advice from a wedding planner and other industry guests to help you save time, money, and your sanity. Brought to you by wedbooker.com, the place to book your dream wedding team with over 400 professional suppliers and venues at your fingertips. Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Wedding Digest with myself, Lucy, a producer and presenter, and I'm joined as always by the Beyonce of wedding planning, Ali. Gosh, you're too kind. If only I actually had her moves, right? (laughs) You do try after a few champagnes. (laughs) On today's app, we are going to discuss why weekday weddings are set to trend in 2021 and for good reason. Yeah, look, I actually chose to have a weekday wedding myself, so we thought why not share all the reasons to do a weekday wedding with you here today. We also got to catch up with the amazing, vibrant, hilarious professional photographer and she's a business owner and she's a mum of like the two cutest kids in the world, Gemma Peanut. I know there is seriously nothing this girl can't do. Gem has got so much experience. She also runs her own online photography course, Photography 101. Gemma shares all her tips on how to get the most out of your wedding photos, advice if you're not so comfortable in front of the camera, and what backdrop is best for your wedding photos. We guarantee you'll love our chat with Gem. But first, let's talk weekday weddings. Okay, so Ali, you've tipped that weekday weddings are set to trend in 2021. Why is that? With all of the postponed or cancelled weddings we've seen due to the virus, it does mean there's possibly going to be double the amount of weddings later in 2020 and into 2021 with people looking to postpone to the same wedding date they had this year they weren't able to use into next year. That wedding date is likely to be on a Saturday as well. So then any of those new brides that are just engaged, they're wanting to find their perfect date in 2021 are likely to find they'll be booked out and the spaces just won't be as available on a Saturday. So I think there will be an influx and maybe a bit of a trend we can call it that, um, for weekday weddings next year. Um, Some people might be forced into it, while others might actually see the benefits and choose to do a weekday wedding themselves. I think it'll be cool to dive into what the benefits of a weekday wedding are because there are definitely benefits to doing a weekday wedding Um, and especially later this year or 2021 when um, everyone is going to be so busy. Yeah, exactly. Now, you just uh, mentioned uh, some brides or some engaged couples will choose to do a weekday wedding. You were one of those couples, Mm, Ali. You actually chose to have your wedding on a weekday pre-COVID-19. This was last year. Um, Why did you choose to have a weekday wedding? Um, Ahead of the trend, I'd like to say, Um, but I think it's more more that um, I think being in the industry and working in events, I see firsthand the benefits of having a weekday wedding. Um, We also had a very quick turnaround. So um, from the time we got engaged to the time that I wanted to get married was sort of only just over six months. So I was sort of limited in the dates that were available and I knew exactly who I wanted my dream bridal team of suppliers to be. So going for a weekday wedding meant that I could have my dream suppliers and my dream wedding in such a short amount of time. Um, so if you are going for a, a quick turnaround, then going for a weekday wedding is is the best thing to do because it means that you won't have to compromise too much on your suppliers. Um, we also had a smaller wedding as well. I only had 30 guests um, at my wedding day. So the space that I was looking to use and my venue had 
um, a set minimum spend and they actually fitted 60 people, which meant I was going to get stung with that cost we talked about before where I only had 30 people in a space that fitted 60 and the minimum spend was built around that 60 packs. So I was going to have to pay for 30 people that weren't even going to be there. And we just thought that was a bit of a waste. So if we went for a midweek wedding, the minimum spend was lower, which meant we got to spend all of our minimum spend on the best food and the best drinks we can could for our 30 guests there, actually get heaps of value out of the money we were spending at the venue. So these couples who may be considering a weekday wedding, what are some of the benefits for them? Um, The benefits are definitely it can cost you less. That is the first one. If you're looking to stick to a budget, but you have a dream wedding or a dream wedding venue, I should say, that you must have and you can't make it work in your budget, I would have a chat to that um, venue. They will definitely be open during the week to take a wedding during the week and they might have a lower minimum spend. They might have a lower venue hire fee. They might be able to um, give you some sort of deal if you take a booking on a you know, Tuesday or Wednesday or maybe even a Thursday um, because for them that's not necessarily prime time. They're almost guaranteed to have a booking on a Friday and Saturday So they don't need to um, encourage anyone in any other way to come into their space. Whereas having those weekday wedding bookings is a little bit harder for the venues. So they want to entice you into those days too. So if you're working on a tighter budget, but you have your dream wedding venue in mind, a weekday wedding could be absolutely perfect for you. What about when it comes to uh, your other wedding suppliers too? Are they um, likely to offer a cheaper rate if it is during the week? they're almost guaranteed to be booked out on a Friday or Saturday. So they're not going to be willing to give any discounts there. Um, They might be more willing to give you a discount if it's a um, a Tuesday or Wednesday wedding because otherwise they might not even have a wedding on that day. So for them, it's a bit like, you know, it'd be great to have another wedding booked in my calendar. So they'll be willing to work with you as well. So if you're having a weekday wedding, then I would, I would ask the question to all of your suppliers. And I think you probably have more room to negotiate than someone who's on a weekend. If you're doing a Friday or Saturday wedding, I wouldn't really be expecting any of your suppliers to um, come down on their prices for you just because it's your wedding. You've got to remember that they're doing hundreds of weddings all year. Um, and if they're in a high demand, then there might be someone else that want to use, wants to use them on that um, prime Saturday night. And we keep going back to this, but, um, you know, if you do get those three quotes when, you're do, when you are uh, researching suppliers, if you get those three quotes, it's likely that at least one of those suppliers will offer a discount for a midweek wedding. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I also think if you're tossing up, is a weekday wedding right for me or is a weekend wedding right for me? And you've got the time up your sleeve. If you're sitting there now and you're planning a wedding wedding for next year and you're at home, then ask your venue to quote on both or ask your top two or three um, makeup artists and photographers to quote on both on a Thursday or on a Saturday. And then you can actually see the prices and compare them directly and say, all right, if I go ahead and do this wedding on a Saturday, it's going to cost me, you know, whatever that total amount is. And if I do it on a Thursday, it might be a couple of percent less. And then you need to decide if that's worth it for you. And if the weekend or the weekday wedding is, is going to be your dream day. For a Wednesday or a Thursday, particularly if you are having a destination wedding where people have to travel and book accommodation anyway, there are some positives with having that on a Wednesday or a Thursday too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, look, if you're having a destination wedding, then people are already taking time off work 
to fly in to be at your wedding anyway. So an extra day or two might not be the end of the world as well. So having it on a Thursday, Friday, you can make a whole week of it. Um, flights might be cheaper for your whole family and all, for your, all your guests as well. Um, so if you're having a destination wedding, I don't think the weekday element plays into it quite as much as it does for a local wedding. It's a local weddings where people are more likely to be driving or maybe just booking one night, one night accommodation because your wedding is within an hour or two of a, um, a major city. They're the people mm. you would then be asking to take a day off work. Um, if they are, if you are having a Thursday wedding, then maybe they only take the Thursday off work. And my personal thoughts on this are. It's your wedding day um, and they're your best friends. They love you and they want to be there. Um, and I think that annual leave is there to be used for amazing fun adventures and missing one of your best friend's weddings. For me, I think that is worth the annual leave day every time. I think that if you're planning on having a wedding in late December or um, through to early mid-January, having it on a, a Thursday or a Saturday, I don't know about you, but I feel like during that time around Christmas and New Year's, the days are blurred. So I totally know if it was a Thursday or a Saturday. <laughs> so um, most people are it's already It's silly season. <laughs> exactly. Um, most people are already off work or um, most works are, you know, facing quieter time. So people are taking annual leave here or there. It's a bit more flexible. So I, I, I so agree. If you're having a wedding in summer, then um, opting for a weekday wedding you probably won't notice as much as you think you would. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, if you were to pick a day midweek, uh, would Thursday be your pick given all the benefits that we've just chatted through? Yeah, I think um, Thursday sits nicely because it's kind of close to the weekend. Um, and then if everyone takes Thursday off, then come on, they've got to take Friday off as well. Because I mean, who wants to go back to work on a Friday after you've been at an amazing wedding on a Thursday? So people will be off on Thursday and then Friday. And then you actually give all of your guests an entire weekend to recover. Or if you've been away or you've down, down the coast or wherever you are, an entire weekend to explore themselves. They can get their life admin sorted before they then face work again on the Monday as well. So I would say Thursday would be my top pick day for a midweek wedding. Um, and then obviously working backwards for order of preference Wednesdays um, would be my next. I actually don't know if wedding venues are all open on a Monday. I've actually never personally done a Monday wedding, but look, ask the question. You never know. Yeah. Well, I love all that advice. I can totally see why a weekday wedding um, would be, uh, you know, enticing for engaged couples, particularly as we head into the end of, of this year and into 2021 when we are expecting weddings to pick up again. And of course, uh, people who have postponed uh, moving their dates into next year. And then of course, people who are engaged who do want to get married next year too. So instead of fighting uh, for those weekend dates at your preferred venues, uh, it definitely is worth considering a midweek wedding and making sure you get your dream day uh, for um, less of the cost. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of hoping for 2021 that we have weddings on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. Like I would, I'm so excited <laughs> to go out and to have a party and the thought of being at a wedding where you get to party with all of your closest friends. I will line them up. Like I will take, I'll take a couple of weekday weddings all year. <laughs> If you aren't, aren't sure if a, a weekday wedding is right for you, I think my main suggestion there is maybe just do a comparison with all of your favorite suppliers, whoever your dream team is, and, and get quotes on both and chat to them about what they think the benefits are of both and if, if it works for them or not. And then you have a really clear 
um, vision or a really clear view on both what the weekday wedding would look like and what the weekday wedding would look like at the same place with your same dream team and you can make a decision from there. I loved it. If you look back at my wedding photos as well, there is no one around because we were married on a Thursday. It's not like it was a busy Saturday. Um, we had photos taken down um, on the water along the coast, which is usually so packed. And in, the, in my wedding photos, it looks like we are just there on our own as well. So added benefit is if you're in a park or you're in any sort of public space, if you're there during the week, um, there's much, much less likely to be other public lingering in the back of your photos or lingering in the back of your ceremony. Yeah, we had a few of those lingerers actually uh, during our photos down at Balmoral Beach <laughs> on a Saturday in October. So that that is a good tip. And of course, if you are interested in what Ali's wedding looked like, you can do a good stalk on Wedbooker on our Instagram page there. You'll see some of her beautiful pics up there. Gemma, thank you so much for joining us on The Wedding Digest. We're so excited to have you on. I'm so excited yeah, to be here. You're obviously you love photography. You love creating amazing content and we all love your Instagram page. So what drew you to wedding photography specifically? Um, well, it was kind of a, like an organic transition, to be honest. I was, I was shooting uh, mostly uh, influencers and brands. That's how I started. The, my very first paid photography gig was actually shooting a jewellery brand. Um, which I loved. And so I sort of threw myself into more like the fashion world. And then um, I started because it's, it's funny, it's one of those things where like when you're the photographer in your family or the photographer in your group of friends, um, it doesn't matter what your niche is. They're still like, hey, can you capture family photo? You know what I mean? Like they just, just <laughs> yeah, do totally. every type imagine. of photography. Um, so I had friends who you know, fell pregnant or, um, I don't know, wanted photos with their part, nice photos with their partner. And they were like, oh, Jen, do you mind, you know, snapping a few shots? And I'm like, yeah, sure, of course, like more than happy to. And then a girlfriend of mine um, bravely threw me the job of capturing her wedding and I was like, I remember at the time being like, oh, no, that is that is a huge responsibility. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about that. And she was very like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. Like, we've asked heaps of our friends to just capture the day. Like, we want it to be organic. We're not hiring a photographer, blah, 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 blah. And I remember thinking, that is insane. Like, this is <laughs> going to be like one of the biggest days of your life and you're not hiring a photographer and you're relying on friends to just capture shots. So as soon as I heard that that's what they were doing, I was like, okay, well, I, I, I need to do a really good job of this because these are going to be their only memories of the day. I went into, like, work mode. Like, I was like... I, was, I remember at the ceremony, I was like wearing high heels because I was a guest and I was like on my knees, like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, like getting all um, And then I delivered the photos to her and she was like, what the hell? It's like we hired, we hired a professional wedding. Photographer. And I was like, guys, I've never shot a wedding before. Like it's not in my wheelhouse at all. But all that matters to me is that you love them. And I think that was like the first time that I experienced that real emotional response of someone receiving photos because up until then I was only really working with brands or models. But when you photograph people and families and a birth or a love story, a wedding, you know, all that kind of stuff, there's so much 
um, there's so much more emotion behind it. Therefore, I'm so much more invested in it. And that was kind of where I went, oh, I'm really into this. I actually really enjoy shooting the human story as opposed to the brand story much more. And so I pivoted. It is something that you do do so well is your ability to tell a couple's love story through your photography. And I guess, as you just mentioned, it probably is a little bit easier when you are talking about, um, you know, family photos or wedding photos or, or birth photos, because the story is, is real. It's not something that has to be manufactured, exactly. but still it's an art to be able to capture it beautifully. So how, how do you, what is your secret? How do you capture the love story so um, beautifully? Well, I think I, I think it starts with being an observer of people and and that being a hobby of yours because I've met photographers, no joke, when I first started out in the industry who were like, if you want your love for photography to die, shoot weddings. And I was like, oh, that is so intense. That is so intense. And, um, and, then, I, and then I was like, oh, but I, but I feel like I would love shooting weddings. And so I thought, you know what, bugger it. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to dip my toe in the world of wedding photography. And if I don't like it, that's okay. I can back out of it and, and sort of head in another direction. But I am a sentimentalist and I think you have to be to be a wedding photographer. Look, other photographers might disagree with me here, but I'm such a fan of love. I'm a wear your heart on your sleeve kind of girl. So capturing love comes so naturally to me. And for me, it I don't know, like I feel like when it comes to shooting couples, it's just observing how they interact um, as a pair because I, every couple is different. You get some who are exceptionally touchy-feely and just can't stop inhaling each other on their wedding days. And then you've got other couples who are a little bit more reserved and it's a more sort of gentle, delicate, um, quiet love. And that requires sort of, sort of, it, it calls a different side of me as a photographer. And I think with those kinds of couples, I work exceptionally hard to make them feel really comfortable because if your couple feels relaxed and comfortable um in front of you the photographer that's I I don't I can't even say that's half the job done I would say that's 90% of the job done so what are some of your top tips for couples to ensure that they do get the most out of their wedding photos well numero uno for me is to to like your photographer I say this to people all the time is um, a lot of people get enamored with photographers work, especially on Instagram. For me, it's all about energy. Um, if your photographer carries an energy that aligns with you as a couple, then then they're, they're going to slot into your space more and it's going to feel more natural and therefore you're going to feel more because it all comes down to feeling relaxed and comfortable and uh, I just think yeah I don't know for me it's like you've just got to meet them talk to them and like them first and foremost to invite them into your space on your day so that's like my first big tip um, my second big tip for um couples wanting to get the most out of their wedding photos would be to remember that photographers aren't mind readers and we also don't know who the key people are in your family so let's just say you have 150 plus guests on your wedding day we don't necessarily know who 
your godmother is, um, who your favorite auntie and uncle are, who your you know favorite cousin is. And often when we're shooting on the day, um, we're just rolling with moments that appear to us and just capturing them. But if there are key people that you sort of want to feature more in your wedding photo albums, let us know. Tell us beforehand. Mm-hmm. I always ask my couples for a list of like key peeps on the day and key extended family members. Or I also remind them like, do you want a shot with your great grandmother? Or, you know, if they're there, like that, 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 like let's make that a moment on the day and let's not forget it. So I always ask for a mm-hmm. shot list. I don't know what other photographers do, but I send my couples an extensive questionnaire um, and a lot of it is to do with the order and the running of the day because, yeah, there might be those special events that I need to know about. Um, But I also always say to my couples, hey, if there is a moment that happens organically that you – that because, you know, weddings – are are real life events that they're not manufactured so sometimes (laughs) special moments can happen like what if your 90 year old grandfather decides to get up on the dance floor and have a boogie with you the bride (laughs) so good (laughs) you know like that that's special and I always say to the bridal party and the groom's party grab me find me and tell me that things are happening because I don't have eyes in the back of my head. And also I'm here to service the bride and groom. You're allowed to say, Hey, Jim, can you get a photo of me and my grandmother? Can you get a photo? Like I'm, I'm there for them. I often get asked by couples when they should consider having like two photographers at their weddings. What do you think the benchmark is or what couples do you think should consider adding a second photographer to their wedding day yeah so again it's it's personal for everyone but for me I always suggest to my bride and grooms that if you have more than 120 guests I recommend um hiring a second shooter um but I never say it's essential. I have single-handedly shot weddings of 170 guests and it's been fine. But where it differs is that if if I'm at a huge wedding and I'm flying solo, my priority is always going to be with the bride and the groom. So I'm going, my eye is always on them. When you have a second shooter, it allows them to fill in the other part of the story of your wedding day, which means capturing the guests more and sometimes when you're a bride and groom like your wedding day can disappear in a nanosecond and you're you know there's so many other stories that go on that you're not a part of because the crappy thing about being the bride and the groom I hate to say this is that you're the host so there's always elements of um you know having to go around and thank people and and talk to all those um key family members who you haven't seen in ages who have come together for your wedding day but actually your best might be doing some kooky fun silly stuff in another part of the day that it would be so fun for the bride and groom to look back on because it's been captured by the second shooter because the second shooter has able to be there for those moments whereas the first shooter um, generally needs to look after the bride and the groom to ensure that they are captured within their day 
the most. Yeah, and on that, on that, Gem, I, I couldn't agree more. For our wedding, some of my favourite photos are actually of um, our guests reacting to our speeches, yeah. and we wouldn't have had that without um, a second photographer because they were obviously yeah. focusing on the speaker. But we had some beautiful photos of people yeah. reacting. Yeah, which yeah, I loved. Which is so lovely because, yeah, as you know, like when you're the bride, it's so, it can be a really overwhelming day that it can be quite um, challenging to be entirely present. Um, so I, I do think a second shooter is great for filling in those blanks of your memory. <laughs> like one of my favourite shots in a wedding album, which is something I can't do when I'm shooting on my own, is getting the groom's reaction of the bride walking down the aisle. Oh, I just got shivers as you said that. I love looking at the groom as well. Oh, it's my favourite. But as the primary shooter, I I have to get the bride walking down the aisle with her dad or her mum or whoever their key person is. That shot just has to be... It has to be in there. It's vital. It's the bride walking down the aisle. But what I love is when I have a second shooter, I always place them behind the bride and groom looking over their shoulder to get the groom's beautiful reaction. And I've had some stunning moments where grooms have really, really had outpourings of emotion. So then when it comes to weather on your wedding day, I mean, I've heard so many times, and I don't know if it's a myth or not, um, overcast weather makes for better photos. Is that something that photographers just tell the brides to make them feel better if the sun isn't shining (laughs) on their weather day, on on the wedding day? Or is that actually true? Do the overcast days and rainy days actually make for better photos? To give you an idea, the reason why photographers say that is because sunlight can actually be really harsh light. And often when you're getting married, it can be any time from lunchtime to, say, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And the sunlight then can be really harsh. And harsh light can cause all sorts of problems with shadowing. So what can happen is, say, if you get married right in the middle of the day at noon, which I have to say is my least favorite time for any bride and groom to get married, like when I know they're having a (laughs) good It's the worst because I'll tell you what happens is that their forehead can cast shadows over their eyes, their nose can cast a shadow over their mouth, and then their chin can cast a shadow over their neck and um, decolletage area. So already it's, 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 I've got unnecessary shadows there, but I'm not going to dictate where the altar is, where they're going to stand. I just have to roll with what the light's delivering on the day and deal with it in post-production. What happens on an overcast day is that the clouds act as a perfect light filter. So it's almost like a giant softbox in the sky. Now, softbox lighting is what is the kind of lighting that studio photographers use to do beauty shots because it's flattering as hell. So if you're a bride and you're a bit disappointed to have like an overcast day, just rest assured knowing that you you will be um, existing in the most flattering light for yourself. <laughs> Perfect. Um, it even in skin tones. Like it, 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 it is lovely from that respect and it does make my job so much easier as a photographer because I don't have to work so hard to read the light. But I will say though, Although you might be benefiting from the flattering light of an overcast day, what you do miss out on are epic sunsets, the opportunity for epic sunsets. 
And my favorite thing, if I shoot a wedding and it has been a beautiful day and there's a beautiful sunset coming, is I always pull them away from the dinner and say, can I just steal you for five minutes to capture magic hour? Um, because that light, that warm, honey, backlit sort of sunsetting light is just, it's delicious. And it's easily, they're easily my most favorite photos, I have to say, or when I get a oh. beautiful sunset. Beautiful. So there is a silver lining for either a sunny day or an overcast day. Just don't get married at midday. <laughs> so, um, so when we talk about wedding photos, I've been a guest at weddings where I feel like the bridal party have literally been gone for three hours and some of them actually have. Um, for my wedding, I had a very strict um, 45 minute rule for um, our bridal photos before the reception because I was so keen on getting back there. Um, how, what what is the right time, in quotation marks, uh, that couples should allocate for their wedding photos? So I call it the creative portrait session because it is, I mean, that's kind of what I call it. It's like the time when you're just with the bridal party um, and you're putting real thought into those photos. Um, I always say you can do a half hour, one hour or 90 minute. I never give them any more time than that because you want to get back to your friends. You want to get back to the party. Hear stories of people taking three hours to do that. I just think, like a wedding generally lasts about eight hours. <laughs> like you're gonna yeah. eat up three hours of it just to do photos. It's not worth it. You can get beautiful photos in one hour. I think half an hour is tight um, to get yeah. all the photos you need. I think 45 minutes to an hour is perfect. I'd say 90 minutes if you're a real photo person and you're really into those epic portrait photos and they mean a lot to you, then not go for the 90 minutes. But yeah, I mean, three hours, that's, that's hectic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when we're talking about those portrait, um, portrait pictures, as you mentioned, and when people are, uh, are th couples are thinking about where they are going to have these photographs taken, yeah. uh, is there any advice you can give in what you would suggest would be the best backdrop? Nature trumps all. Like I think if you can go to a beautiful location, then like your photos are just going to be epic. I mean, if it's a beautiful location that has meaning to you, then that's even better. Um, I think that beautiful architecture is also a beautiful backdrop, um, but definitely do your homework and pre-plan those spots that you love. What is your advice for couples who just aren't that comfortable in front of a camera, like those ones who haven't been models before or don't like the idea of doing a photo shoot? What would you suggest to them going into their yes. wedding day? Um, it's so hard for me to answer because I really, <laughs> really do think it all comes down to the photographer you hire. Um, mm. and I, like, like it does, like, I don't, I don't know what other, like, I'm not going to be like, go and study some poses that you like, that you've seen online oh, from no. other people's yeah. wedding photos, because that's just, that's just not going to feel organic or, I mean, that's even more awkward. Um, so like, I guess if you, if you do feel really uncomfortable, then find a wedding photographer who really is skilled at can more candid style photography. But I think a skilled photographer can create an environment that's really comfortable and create moments, but that are still happening in real time that are authentic to the couple. If you're someone who is particularly self-conscious, and again, I say this to all my couples, 
I say it mostly to my brides, if I'm honest, I give them an opportunity to tell me if they are self-conscious about certain angles of their face. I've had um, a bride who's like, I really hate my profile. And I'm like, great, thank you for telling me. That helps me out a lot. Like I'm not going to take 200 photos of you with your profile that you don't like. I'll cheat and find angles that, you know, you you will love of yourself. Um, you know, some, some brides have a favourite side of their face. I know that sounds absurd, <laughs> but it helps me to know that information because I don't want to hand over a whole heap of photos of them on the side of the face that they don't favor and like because they're not going to like those photos of themselves. So all this information helps, but it again, it just I'm going to I sound like a broken record, but it comes down to feeling really comfortable with your photographer to be able to say that. I've had a bride tell me I get really self-conscious about my arms looking fat. So I'm like, that's cool. I I'm glad you told me that. I can work with that. Like I'll find your good angles. That's my that's my skill set. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Oh, Gemma, this has just been so, it's so insightful. We have absolutely loved picking your beautiful creative mind. And um, I know all our couples will appreciate so much um, these tips that you've um, so generously handed out. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me aboard. It means a lot. Perfect. Well, if you guys would like to find out more about Gemma and of course see her incredible work or want to lock her in for your wedding, head over to GemmaPeanut.com. You can also find Gem on Instagram under the same name. Thanks again for joining us. Ask Ali. Yes, so now it is time for our Ask Ali. Of course, if you have a question for Ali, all you need to do is send us a DM at our Wedbooker Instagram page. Now, we do have a couple of questions for you today. Ali, the first one from Edie, who lives in Manly in Sydney on Sydney's Northern Beach. is quite close to you, actually. Uh, she's asking, do people still have flower girls and page boys? I'd love to have my niece, but she's only one. Oh, cute. Is that too young? Oh, so cute. Um, oh, I swear, they totally steal the show, Flower Girls and Page Boys, don't they? I Gorgeous. Know. And like, I think that that people are moving away from the tradition of Flower Girls and Page Boys. They're no longer seen as like a must. So I don't think you have to have a Flower Girl and or a Page Boy just to have them there. Like, I think the bridal party is still a must. You should probably have, or you don't should probably have. I shouldn't say that. You. Most people are having a bridesmaid and a best man um, at least with them. But I think people are steering away from the flower girls and page boys now unless they have meaning to you. So I think if your little niece is one, um, I I say have her in there. Um, it's always mm-hmm. lovely to have them, especially if they mean something to you. It is a little bit challenging if they aren't walking yet um, or don't have confidence like walking through a crowd. You just have to think that um, that little boy or girl is going to be up walking through a whole crowd of adults that are going to be standing up and staring at them, smiling at them and gooing at them. And you see those funny videos. Mm-hmm. That they don't walk straight or they panic and they run to their mums or they just drop all their flowers at once. Um, I think that that's yeah. still really cute and I, it's, it's kind of part of the day. So I think if she means something to you, then have your niece in your wedding day um even if someone carries her down the aisle my tip is always to couples that are having younger flower girls or page boys in their wedding day is to have the mum or the dad up near the bride and groom even just to the side to encourage the little boy or girl to keep coming down the aisle and keep coming to them and if they can get that little boy or girl to lock on to mum or dad usually they will then make a beeline for mum and dad which will be straight down the aisle which is where we want them to go 
Yeah, gorgeous. I'm so all for the flower girl and page boy. I just think they're beautiful addition to a ceremony and it always put a smile on everyone's faces as long as they're not crying. Tully from Brisbane, she wants to know. Oh, okay. This is a tricky one. She says her venue. Don't say that. I know. No, I'm interested to know what your response to this one is. Her said, she says, my venue won't refund me my deposit now that we are cancelling. What are my rights? Oh, Tully, it's a tricky one. Um, And I'm sorry I don't have a super, super clear, easy answer for you on this one, but it really depends on your contract. Um, Whatever you signed in that contract is actually what you are obliged to pay or what what you owe that venue. And they will usually have cancellation policies in there. So hopefully for you, Tully, you're looking at cancelling six months out um, and your venue might only hold a small deposit or they might allow you to transfer to a different date. If you are cancelling more like, you know, four or six weeks out from a venue, um, most of them won't give you back your deposit. Um, And the reason for that is if they were to give back everyone deposits that cancelled two weeks out from the wedding, then um, everyone would book days and then no one would actually lock in their wedding days and they just wouldn't be able to secure people for set dates. So the reason that they hold on to that deposit is if you didn't have that date, then um, their thoughts are someone else would be on that date that we're going ahead with a full venue. So they're just sort of it's a loss of income for them. In the current climate, it is a much trickier um, because everyone is cancelling and venues are under so much pressure. So if you are cancelling because of coronavirus or because of um, something to do with coronavirus at the moment and your wedding is in the next couple of weeks, um, as we said in our first episode, and I'd probably suggest Tully go back and listen to our episode one and we really dove deep into everything to do with coronavirus and how to navigate through this at the moment, I would say chat to your venue. Um, Some of them are being really flexible, some are allowing you to postpone, some are refunding deposits, some aren't. So it's really dependent on your contract and your venue. But go back and listen to episode one and hopefully we answer all the questions more specifically for you in there as well. If they won't refund the deposit, maybe ask them to postpone it um, and chat to some friends or um, see what else you can do. Maybe they might allow you if they're a restaurant to use that deposit to go back in restaurant vouchers and you can go back for dinner there for your one year anniversary or you can take your bridal tribe back for your one year anniversary and find another way to use that money or that deposit money if the venue will allow you Um, and then you're still keeping those funds in that venue so the venue also hasn't lost any money either okay well that's our ask ali questions for today but i have some exciting news ali we have a 10 percent promo code set up for all our podcast listeners so this is exciting so obviously on wedbooker.com we've mentioned it before we do have a number of booking concierge packages uh, which are there to help you find your dream suppliers and your dream venue if you are just starting out on your wedding planning um, and also those packages do include one on chat one on one chats with you ali too to answer so any questions uh, that couples may have. So if you want to jump on over and claim that uh, discount, all you have to do is head to wedbooker.com, check out our affordable booking concierge packages. You will be asked to complete a quiz and this is purely so we can get an idea of um, what you want out of your wedding day. And then at the end, there uh, will be a place for you to enter the promo code to give you a 10% off on these packages. And the promo code is... WedPod, all lowercase, WedPod. So there you go. That's all for all our amazing podcast listeners. 
That's all we've got time for today. If you've got any more questions about a weekday wedding, hit up Ali on the Wedbooker Instagram page, or you can also get in touch via wedbooker.com. There you'll find everything you need for planning your perfect wedding. We hope you loved our chat with Gemma Peanut as well. We have a massive girl crush on that Wonder Woman. We'll be back in your ears next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wedding Digest podcast brought to you by Wedbooker. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and let us know what you think by leaving a review. You can also find us on the gram at Wedbooker to start planning your dream wedding or for one-on-one wedding advice from Ali, head to wedbooker.com where you'll also find show notes and more info on any of our amazing guests and suppliers.